0: J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The truth is the most
1: convincing story that maps onto reality, Thursday, May 12th, 2022, the 477th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Before we get going, as always, I just want to remind you about the great American patriot, Mike Lindell, and his great American company, MyPillow. If you go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code REASONABLE, you can find yourself up to 60% off all sorts of items across the MyPillow store. Go out, make yourself, make your life, make your bedroom, make your house more comfortable. I sleep on My Pillow products every night. I have the mattress pad. I have the Giza Dream sheets. And I just have piles and piles of MyPillows everywhere in the house. Because I like for everything to be really comfortable. And if you're like me, go to MyPillow.com. Use the promo code reasonable. You will be supporting this show. You will be supporting Mike Lindell. And you will be supporting a great American manufacturing company that employs Americans. So let's get into it. On Monday, I discussed an article that appeared in the New York Times from Tom Friedman. And I said that it seems like that was the first note of the mainstream media shifting the narrative. On Ukraine. And often the way articles like that will create the shift is by restating the central narrative, but recontextualizing the elements of the central narrative to reach a new conclusion. And this is the first time that the mainstream media has kind of expressed in any way the sentiment that Maybe we don't need to start World War Three in Ukraine. Maybe this isn't the best idea. And it was interesting timing because the House and the Senate are trying to pass more Ukraine spending, another $40 billion headed toward Ukraine, which would make it, I believe, $56 billion in total. That's more than America spent per year waging the Afghanistan, quote unquote, war. And it's more than Russia's military spends per year. It is an absolutely enormous amount of money, and it is not primarily directed toward the Ukrainian battlefield. It's directed in all sorts of directions, and many of them we will never know about. The money will just disappear to different places all over the world, most of them, very likely, arms dealers and globalist NGOs. But the mainstream media has been pushing all of this for the entire time. Even the lead up for months before Putin began the special military operation in Ukraine, we had the mainstream media going full bore after this. And that's what you would expect when you consider the people above these media companies dictating the stories that the mainstream media then propagates. And so I said, maybe this is the first hint that they are kind of changing the story. They are moving on in a different direction. They're going to try to reinterpret everything they've told you. So they still seem right. And then they will give you an exit ramp out of this story where you as a child brained member of the legacy media audience would be inclined to think you've done your work. You've been absolutely as righteous as you are about everything else. And now we need you to be loud and self-righteous about something else. And so I said, let's keep an eye out and see how this narrative might continue to change if that is what they're doing. If that hint was legitimate, if I was reading that properly, then we'll begin to see more that supports that narrative over time. And it wouldn't be surprising at all if they get all of the money settled out and then began to shift the narrative. And I think that's what's happening here. This is at least a CYA effort, a cover your ass effort. This is an incredible headline, and it's a really interesting article, especially because it appears in the Washington Post. The headline is intelligence sharing with Ukraine designed to prevent wider war. Now, what do we know about the intelligence sharing, the intelligence community and all of that over this entire period, right? So we start out at the beginning of this conflict and near the beginning of the conflict. This was sometime in February or March. It might have actually been before Putin started the special military operation, but we were told that the fake administration shared intelligence with the Chinese Communist Party and then some element in China shared that intelligence with Vladimir Putin. Joe Biden and the fake administration handed over U.S., NATO, EU, Five Eyes intelligence to the CCP, perhaps requesting or demanding or expecting CCP support for the U.S. effort in Russia. Now, Xi Jinping and China have gone the opposite direction of whatever the fake administration was hoping by doing that. They gave the intel to the Russians, which means Putin had all of the intel of the fake administration and Five Eyes and NATO and whoever else right from the beginning. That is a major, major advantage for Vladimir Putin and That advantage came because the fake administration is so incompetent. So that's what we knew at first. As the special military operation progressed, the situation in Ukraine progressed, we heard false story after false story after false story from our mainstream media. The stories were relatively easily disproven. We have seen the administration, the fake administration, be wrong about almost everything the entire time. They told us sanctions would deter Putin. That didn't work. They made the comedic actor out to be a hero. People were requesting a no-fly zone. They wanted to send MIGs to Ukraine. None of that stuff materialized at all. And then a few weeks ago, maybe three, four weeks ago, an article appears in NBC News from the communist propaganda mouthpiece of the law enforcement and intel communities. Ken Delanian, and he reported that U.S. intelligence had been disseminating fake stories through the legacy media, the mainstream media of the West for weeks or months about what Russia planned to do, like when they were going to sack Kiev or when they were going to cause a nuclear disaster at Chernobyl. Or when they were taking over Zaporozhia nuclear plant and they started a fire at the plant. Oh, my God, there's going to be a nuclear disaster. False, false, false. The maternity hospital, false. The ghost of Kiev, false. All of these stories were put out there and they were totally and absolutely false. We were told the reason for that was that by calling out what Russia was about to do, we could stop Russia from doing the thing that was made up by U.S. intel. That Russia did not intend to do and we're supposed to assume that our intelligence agencies are genius they're always way ahead of the game oh we get it what an amazing strategy lie to the world about what Russia's going to do and then take credit for stopping Russia from doing the thing it was never going to do you just made that up but in truth that whole effort was just to cover up the fact that U.S. intel has been so blatantly wrong about everything and that all these fake stories were, in fact, fake and proven fake. So what do you do at that point if you're the media and if you're the CIA, for instance? Well, you come up with a plausible way to make people believe that you actually are still on the ball across the board despite all the lies. So all the lies were actually intended. And sure, the whole situation looks like a disaster, but really, it's a massive success. Our intentional disinformation operation achieved the desired outcome. It stopped Putin from launching a chemical attack. I mean, we told you he was gonna and he didn't, which means we must have stopped him. And then we reached the point within the last few weeks that the media began covering the fact that the United States has been providing targeting intel to Ukraine so that they could take out one of the lead ships in Russia's fleet, the Moskva. They could go after Russian generals and officers for targeted assassinations and targeted kills. And for the child brains, that was probably very welcome news. They don't actually care about whether things are right or wrong, whether or not the U.S. is involved in the war. They think none of this is ever going to affect them. So they just applaud at the television. The comedic actor is their ultimate hero. And so anything that supports the comedic actor is good. Anything that harms Putin is good. So targeted assassinations against a nuclear foreign adversary in a country whose security is not really any part of America's national interest. All of that can be justified because people are convinced that the end is worth whatever means achieve the end. And of course, those very same people have no idea whether or not the end is a good goal to have because they don't think about that. They think about what is going to get them the most likes on Instagram. So let's go to the Washington Post article. The United States is sending billions of dollars in military equipment to Ukraine, including heavy artillery, drones, and anti-tank missiles. Administration officials have publicly enumerated those contributions, practically down to the number of bullets, but they are far more cautious when describing another decisive contribution to Ukraine's battlefield success, intelligence about the Russian military. Now, the claim that was just made right there is that the U.S. has been very specific about exactly what it's sending over to Ukraine. That is not true. We don't know where a lot of the armaments, a lot of the money ever went, and we probably never will know. There has been extensive reporting on this already in the mainstream media. We do not know where the resources are going. So to say that we're somehow accounting for all of them. Yeah, maybe when we decide how much we're going to give them, if we don't figure out whether or not that stuff actually gets there, then this isn't a source of credit for the fake administration as it's presented here in The Washington Post. Information about the location and movements of Russian forces is flowing to Ukraine in real time, and it includes satellite imagery and reporting gleaned from sensitive U.S. sources, according to U.S. and Ukrainian officials who spoke on the condition of anonymity to describe the cooperation. So, once again, unnamed anonymous people who we are to believe are official sources whatever that means. And of course, we don't know what that means, but we are expected by the media in this country to accept that these sources have high level access to information. They are official sources. And there's no reason to believe that whatsoever. Those sources could be anyone. It could be one of Adam Schiff's staffers for real. Think about how much disinformation has been laundered through the media from people like Adam Schiff and his staffers. And those people are qualified to be called official sources in The Washington Post. Remember the, uh, the targeted assassinations of U.S. troops by Russian forces and Trump gave them the intel? Remember that story from before the 2020 election? Remember when the media told us that official sources, sources with knowledge of the situation, told us that Donald Trump called dead American soldiers suckers and losers? The Washington Post can find an anonymous official source to tell them literally anything. You can find someone connected to the government somehow in some place who will literally say, anything. I mean, just think about the biolabs like we talked about yesterday. Official source, Victoria Newland testified that there were Defense Department funded biolabs in Ukraine, but that they didn't have bioweapons. And then our UN ambassador went and said all of the all of the biolab discussion was just a big hoax. It was a distraction. It was a smokescreen. These are ridiculous accusations. And we know it's the Russians who actually do this. There are official sources that will tell you absolutely anything. And of course, that's how they consistently disseminate fake news. The intelligence is very good. It tells us where the Russians are so that we can hit them. One Ukrainian official said, using his finger to pantomime a bomb falling on its target. The United States is not at war with Russia and the assistance it provides is intended for Ukraine's defense against an illegal invasion. Biden officials have stressed and it's funny that it says illegal in there as if we are definitely the world's police and the fact that this Russian operation in the minds of these people violates international law. But of course, the U.S. funded biolabs don't somehow, is its own justification for the United States' involvement in this situation. Russia did something illegal, therefore the U.S. needs to go in and punish them. But we're not going to actually say we're going in. What we're going to do is everything but that. Are we going to arm Ukrainian Nazis and foreign mercenaries? Yes. Are we going to have massive payoffs to the military industrial complex? Yes. Are we going to provide intelligence so that those foreign mercenaries and Ukrainian Nazis can take out Russian targets on our behalf while still claiming that our hands are clean? Yes. And you should take note of the fact that this article is simultaneously telling you that we are directly involved in the kinetic part of this war but also that we are not involved in the war whatsoever. And so I'm going to read that sentence one more time because the sentence right after it completely tries to turn it around. It wants you to simultaneously believe both things because it's in the Washington Post. You have to take it seriously. You don't understand how both things could possibly be true, but you think it must be because these people are the ones who really know what's going on. The United States is not at war with Russia. And the assistance it provides is intended for Ukraine's defense against an illegal invasion. Biden officials have stressed. But practically speaking, U.S. officials have limited control on how their Ukrainian beneficiaries use the military equipment and intelligence. Uh, So they accounted for all of it at the beginning. But right now, we're not actually able to control what they do with it. Got it. That risks provoking the Kremlin to retaliate against the United States and its allies and heightens the threat of a direct conflict between the two nuclear powers. Yes, that's why many of us did not want any U.S. involvement in the first place, especially because we knew that everything we were being told about the situation was easily provably false. The administration has drawn up guidance around intelligence sharing. That is calibrated to avoid heightening tensions between Washington and Moscow. Given to intelligence personnel at the working level, the guidance has placed two broad prohibitions on the kinds of information that the United States can share with Ukraine, officials said. And we should all recognize this framing as well. They use it in absolutely every issue. Jen Psaki uses it all the time. Like, for instance, if she is asked, in one of her press briefings about why the administration isn't letting the public know about some subject, whatever, she'll come back and say that the president has voiced his strong commitment to transparency and we intend to uphold that. And according to this and that and the other standard, We are the most transparent administration in history. Just think about all the lies the last administration told you. And so in that answer, she has said absolutely nothing. It is not at all true that the Biden administration is transparent whatsoever, much less the most transparent administration in history. And we are supposed to accept their commitment to transparency in principle. Same kind of thing happening here. They have guidance about intelligence sharing. Therefore, intelligence is only being shared in a way that corresponds to the guidance. And there's no way that all those bad things that really happened actually happened because we have this guidance in place. It's the excuse Anthony Fauci used to say that the coronavirus could not have been created in a lab. They could not have been doing gain of function research because they have policies that prohibit gain of function research. Now they call it dual use research of concern, and they have the PP30, I think it's called, their pandemic preparedness guidances. They prohibit the thing you're accusing us of doing, and because we say we follow those guidances. That means we didn't do the thing. That's like saying that your car didn't get stolen because there are laws against cars being stolen. That's kind of not how it works. And the thing is, we are actually accusing you, Jen Psaki, of not being transparent. We are accusing you, Anthony Fauci, of covering up research that was prohibited, saying it's prohibited doesn't actually disprove it in any way. But back to the article. First, the United States cannot provide detailed information that would help Ukraine kill Russian leadership figures, such as the most senior military officers or ministers, officials said. Valery Gerasimov, the chief of the general staff of the armed forces, and Sergei Shoigu, the defense minister, for example, would fall into that category. So the guidance doesn't allow them to share intelligence That would lead to the killing of certain kinds of Russian personnel, not all of them, not all of them. Don't worry, because you know that it's already reported that the intel has gone to killing Russian military officers. And so they gave you the thing. And now here's the opposite thing. This prohibition does not extend to Russian military officers, including generals, several of whom have died on the battlefield. But a senior defense official said that while the U.S. government is self limiting to strategic leadership on paper, it has also chosen not to provide Ukraine location information for generals. So there's a specific instance where sharing intelligence to kill Russian officers is okay, and there's a specific instance where it's not okay. And don't worry, everybody, we're only doing the okay thing. The United States is not quote, actively helping them kill generals of any kind, end quote, the defense official said. The second category of prohibited intelligence sharing is any information that would help Ukraine attack Russian targets outside Ukraine's borders, officials said that rule is meant in part to keep the United States from becoming a party to attacks that Ukraine might launch inside Russia. Those concerns led the administration to halt earlier plans to provide fighter jets supplied by Poland, which Ukraine could have used to launch attacks on Russian soil. So it's not that they couldn't actually get those jets to Ukraine. And it's not that the entire world rejected hashtag close the sky, the no fly zone Over Ukraine. It's that the fake administration chose not to go that route because they were worried that the comedic actor would direct those fighter jets to strike targets inside Russian territory. Could anyone possibly believe that? And oh, by the way, does the strike on the Moskva count as being in Ukraine's territory? Because as far as I know, it was in the water. Are those Ukraine's waters or are they telling us that they have guidances against that sort of thing? So we should not believe that they actually did that thing. We know they did. And here's the conclusion you're supposed to reach. U.S. officials have not discouraged Ukraine from undertaking those operations on its own. So there you go. We're going to supply you this stuff. We're going to supply you intel, but we're not going to supply you intel if it means you're going to attack Russia in Russia. You can only attack them in Ukraine. Therefore, if the U.S. has supplied this intel and Ukraine launches these attacks, then it's not the U.S.'s involvement. It's that those crazy Ukrainians just went and did it on their own. That military genius Volodymyr Zelensky, the comedic actor, he must have just gotten a wild hair and gone and attacked Russia somewhere else who wasn't us. Ukraine should, quote, do whatever is necessary to defend against Russian aggression, end quote. Secretary of State Antony Blinken told a congressional panel last month. He added that, quote, the tactics of this are their decisions. It's not us. No matter how it looks, it's not us. We didn't do it. It reminds me of that reggae rap song. It wasn't me. (laughs) Blinken made his remarks after Ukrainian officials said unexplained fires and explosions against sensitive targets in Russia were justified without claiming responsibility for them. Yeah, see, we we give everything to the Ukrainians. We tell them exactly what's possible for them to do. But if they decide to do it, it's all on them. It's got nothing to do with us. In addition to the restricted categories of intelligence sharing, the United States has a rule against providing what officials call targeting information to Ukraine. The United States will not, officials said, tell Ukrainian forces that a particular Russian general has been spotted at a specific location and then tell or help Ukraine to strike him. So all that stuff that we have already found out about the United States doing exactly that on behalf of the Ukrainians is not true because the fake administration has rules for themselves against it, and they would never break those rules. And to even accept this on its face, you would have to imagine a real world scenario where the United States, this fake administration would come out and admit that they have broken their own rules. They have never admitted to being the slightest bit wrong about anything to this day. They are still claiming that every single problem that exists in the world is either a result of Vladimir Putin or ultra MAGA people. But the United States would share information about the location of, say, command and control facilities, places where Russian senior officers often tend to be found since it could aid Ukraine in its own defense, officials said. If Ukrainian commanders decided to strike the facility, that would be their call. And if a Russian general were killed in the attack, the United States wouldn't have targeted him, officials said. Not targeting Russian troops in locations, but providing intelligence that Ukraine uses to help kill Russians may seem like a distinction without a difference. But legal experts said the definition of targeting provides meaningful legal and policy guidance that can help the United States demonstrate it is not party to the conflict, even as it pours military equipment into Ukraine and turns on a fire hose of intelligence. So once again, two opposite claims are true at exactly the same time. And the way you can know they're both true is because we have guidance to ensure that the illegal thing isn't being done. So the distinction here is really a legal one as determined by one set of supposed ostensible legal experts. And since the readers of the Washington Post understand that we must trust the experts then we must assume that these experts are correct or else we wouldn't be trusting them and that there is no other set of experts who might disagree with this. And it might even be ninety nine percent of other experts but we got that one percent. And so now we can say that experts said something. Legal experts said that this distinction is actually really important according to the laws that they have helped construct on their own. And you can remember when arguments like this were made because of our enhanced interrogation techniques, also known as torture. It's not about the reality or the underlying circumstances or any of the other facts. It's about whether or not certain legal experts can prove that something was not technically illegal. Therefore, the thing didn't happen. If the U.S. were providing targeting information to a foreign party and were closely involved in targeting decisions, we are directing those forces and they're acting as a proxy for us, said Scott Anderson, a former State Department official who was the legal advisor for the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. That might be seen as getting close to the line of actually attacking Russia, at which point Russia could arguably respond reciprocally. And of course, We are well past that point. It has already been widely reported. Targeting intelligence is different from other kinds of intelligence sharing for this reason, added Anderson, who is now a fellow at the Brookings Institution. The Brookings Institution, by the way, is the same group of global communists who publish studies whose conclusion is that podcasts need to be more strictly censored. We talked about their study a couple of months ago. That is the kind of work that the Brookings Institution does. It is a left wing globalist think tank. And that's the commentary we're getting right now. Ukraine's sinking of the Moskva, the flagship of Russia's Black Sea fleet, illustrates how the United States can provide helpful intelligence that, however indirect, risks pulling the country deeper into war. Yeah, good point. Thank goodness we have that guidance that says we couldn't have done that, which means that we didn't do it. In April, Ukraine spotted the vessels off its shores. Information provided by the United States helped to confirm its identity, according to officials familiar with the matter. You got that? Some more anonymous officials are telling us that despite the US actually targeting the Moskva, They didn't actually target the Moskva. Ukraine saw the ships from its own shores with a telescope. They sent the ghost of Kiev out to the end of the pier. He pulled out his little telescope. The parrot sat quietly on his shoulder while he looked across the horizon and he said, Ahoy, that must be Russia's Black Sea fleet. Is that the Moskva? And he got on the horn. He called U.S. intelligence, one coconut shell attached to another coconut shell with a string very far away. And he said, our matey, it's the Black Sea Fleet. And Antony Blinken was like, my, 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 sir, you have excellent eyes. Not only did you correctly identify the Russian Black Sea Fleet, that is actually the Moskva. Thank goodness you have targeted it completely on your own. Now I must put my coconut shell back on the table and leave you to your own devices. If you want to try to destroy the ship with the weapons we've sent you, you can go ahead. But we cannot target this ship any further. It's all you guys. It's kind of like how Kamala Harris and Cory Booker have gone completely silent on Jussie Smollett. Yeah, guys, I can't believe Jussie just decided to do that all on his own. (laughs) Wow. I guess I got that one wrong. Oh, thanks for uh, still passing the anti-lynching bill. The United States routinely shares intelligence with Ukraine about Russian ships in the Black Sea, which have fired missiles at Ukraine and could be used to support an assault on cities such as Odessa, a senior defense official explained. But the official stressed that intelligence is not, quote, specific targeting information on ships," end quote. You got that? So it goes right up to the line of being a problem, but it didn't cross the line. We have guidance that says we can't, therefore we don't. The information is intended to help Ukraine mount a defense. Ukrainian officials could have decided that rather than strike the Moskva, they should make steps to fortify protections around Odessa or evacuate citizens. Evacuate civilians, I should say. So we gave them the information, we left it in their hands, and it turns out that they did, in fact, strike the ship whose targeting information we gave them, but that was their choice. They didn't have to do that. They could have built fortifications around their cities instead, knowing that the Moskva was out there. But of course, they didn't do that. They attacked the ship. But you're meant to believe that was all they're doing. We did not provide Ukraine with specific targeting information for the Moskva. Pentagon press secretary John Kirby said in a written statement, we were not involved in the Ukrainians decision to strike the ship or in the operation they carried out. We had no prior knowledge of Ukraine's intent to target the ship. The Ukrainians have their own intelligence capabilities to track and target Russian naval vessels as they did in this case. So you must accept that explanation even after being told that the U.S. confirmed that was the ship that was its location after Ukraine saw it from Ukraine's own shores. But absent the intelligence from the United States, Ukraine would have struggled to target the warship with the confidence necessary to expend two valuable Neptune missiles, which were in short supply, according to people familiar with the strike. So they did do it. They didn't do it. They did do it. They didn't do it. They did do it. They didn't do it. it. What you have to be sure of is that you don't know whether or not they did it. But you understand to some degree it wasn't the U.S.'s fault it is 100 percent Ukraine's decision. The sinking of such an important vessel and one that had the capability to defend itself against anti-ship missiles was a humiliation for Russian President Vladimir Putin and one of Ukraine's most dramatic successes in the war so far, analysts said. In keeping with the intelligence sharing rules, which are designed to avoid escalating the conflict in Putin's eyes, Biden administration officials repeatedly stressed they had not directly aided Ukraine in the attack. And you see the same manipulation again, that the means will justify the ends no matter what the means are. And the end is actually really good. That means the means were totally worth it. Don't focus on the means. Focus on the fact that this was a humiliation for Vladimir Putin and one of Ukraine's most important successes. So don't focus On whether or not the United States gave intel. We have guidance that says they can't, so they didn't. The Ukrainians did it on their own, even though we did give them the intel. On Friday, the day after the Washington Post and other news organizations revealed the U.S. role in the Moskva strike, Biden made separate calls to CIA director William Burns, director of national intelligence, Avril Haines, and defense secretary Lloyd Austin, a senior administration official said the president made clear he was upset about the leaks and warned that they undermined the U.S. goal of helping Ukraine. The administration official said, so the fake administration is upset that the world knows U.S. intelligence went to Ukraine to target Russian ships and Russian officials. Now, why is Joe Biden's fake administration upset about the leak of that information? Well, it's because the leak of that information confirms that the U.S. is violating its stated guidances and guidelines about intelligence sharing. Why did Biden feel motivated to make those calls the day after? Well, because that's a problem. It is a huge foreign policy problem on a massive scale. Russia does, in fact, have the legal and military justification for thinking of the United States of America as a combatant in this war. The fake administration has given him that. And it doesn't matter what the United States media and the fake administration tells you, and they cannot appeal to your sense of patriotism to encourage or coerce your agreement with what's going on. The other countries of the world will not see this the way our media explains it to the child brains. And this is something that we should always keep in mind. I've said this a bunch of times in the podcast about election fraud. Do you think that there is any chance in the world that Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping or Narendra Modi or Jair Bolsonaro, do you think any of them believe that Joe Biden got 81 million real legal American votes? Do their country's intelligence apparatus really accept that the results of America's election were free and fair and accurate? Do they believe it was the safest and most secure election of all time? Of course not. There is no intelligent person in the world who could possibly believe that. If they do, it's because they haven't looked. If they haven't looked, that's because they don't actually care about one of the most important events in world history. Because they got the outcome they desired and they don't want that outcome changed. Let's be very, very clear about that. Not every world leader is as dumb as Rachel Maddow's audience, despite how much cultural influence Rachel Maddow's audience has in America and has on your life as you see them every day at the grocery store still wearing their moronic little masks as you see them trying to Stand up for vaccines or stand up for Ukraine or stand up for abortion or, as they're going to do pretty soon, stand with Taiwan. The vast majority of this world is not as stupid as the people addicted to the central narrative. You got to understand that. But let's boil this down, right? The ghost of Kiev walks out to the end of a pier, pulls out his telescope Parrot on the shoulder, sees some ships across the horizon, calls up Anthony Blinken and says, hey, I see some ships. And he says, oh, that's the Moskva. You guys should attack it. But, you know, or you should or you should build up fortifications around Odessa. Either one. You guys decide. Hangs up the coconut. All of a sudden, the Moskva is hit with two Neptune missiles. We're told. Ah, you sank our battleship then the fact that U.S. intelligence helped the Ukrainians target that ship from a spy plane above the ship. That's what the story is. Now, is that true? I don't know. But I do know that's the story. Not that there was actually somebody on the shores with a telescope. So the Ukrainians targeted the ship. They hit the ship. The fact that the U.S. provided the intelligence that allowed Ukraine to target and hit that Russian ship. That story leaked. Joe Biden got upset at that leak after he finally had to handle it, by the way. Because that information was printed in places other than the Washington Post prior to that days before. It didn't actually matter until it went in the Washington Post, which should tell you that we are dealing with limited hangout type stuff. They're giving enough of the story so that you will be pacified, but they will not give you the true story because the true story makes them look as bad as they actually are. So as soon as it comes out in the Washington Post, Joe Biden gets upset. He says, hey, guys, this leak makes us look really, really bad, although not in clear language. And also, he didn't think of it. He was probably just reading a script. Or the fact is, Joe Biden didn't make any of these phone calls. Someone else did. And the administration, the fake administration, is just telling the Washington Post what they want to have happened. But it didn't happen. They don't care. What difference does it make? Joe Biden's not calling anyone and getting mad at them or telling them anything. There is absolutely no reason to doubt any portion of that story. Every element of it seems to be provable on its own, while every claim in this article is provably false on its own. And so it's not a matter of Knowing that one point of view is exactly true and the other is exactly false. It's understanding that one of these points of view is entirely false for motivated reasons which we can discern. And so while the one answer might not be complete or true at every single detail, it should still be favored above the mainstream media story, which we know to be false and disseminated for the purpose of manipulating public sentiment. Because it turns out that the bottom line of this story is fake administration risks pulling United States into a war with a nuclear armed adversary because of incompetence. And they are lying to the American people about it every step of the way. That is the truth. And this article in the Washington Post is only trying to make it seem like there is some doubt about what I have just told you. It gives child brains little tiny ways to excuse every piece of the story, no matter how damning it is. They take every little piece of the story and rather than understand it for what it is and what we can clearly prove it is, they're asked to believe a competing story, not because the competing story is true, but just that you can't totally rule out the truth of the, com- the competing story. Therefore, the whole thing is in doubt. Therefore, you return to your default of believing that everything on your side is right. The underlying facts don't matter. And I actually just did a live stream on Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Oltman. Uh, my friend CanCon hooked me up with that. So I don't know if you guys listen to that, but if you do, you'll see me on there today. But we were discussing some of this and we were discussing it in relation to fact checks on 2000 mules. And I said, the thing about these fact checks, it doesn't matter if they're true or false. It only matters if the child brain's reading them will take away that there is some doubt about what those no, no people are saying. There is this way that I'm able to explain it. Therefore, the no, no people are still wrong. All they care about is having enough justification for continuing to believe that the other side is wrong and that they have bad intentions. And therefore, you shouldn't believe anything they say. Doesn't matter if you believe what we say. You just need to doubt them enough to know that you are still the right one. Now, that went longer than I thought. So switching subjects without a segue, I want to make sure to bring this up. You'll remember last summer that the Department of Justice published a memo in a response to a request from the National School Boards Association about the parents who were attending their local school board meetings and how they were now being monitored, classified as potential domestic terrorists. Merrick Garland actually had to testify about all of this before House and Senate committees. And he said basically that that wasn't happening. They are not calling parents domestic terrorists. So this is a letter from yesterday from the Republicans on the House Judiciary Committee, And the letter is signed by Jim Jordan and Representative Mike Johnson. Dear Attorney General Garland, in sworn testimony before this committee, you denied that the Department of Justice or its components were using counterterrorism statutes and resources to target parents at school board meetings. We now have evidence that contrary to your testimony, the Federal Bureau of Investigation has labeled at least dozens of investigations into parents with a threat tag created by the FBI's counterterrorism division to assess and track investigations related to school boards. These cases include investigations into parents upset about mask mandates and state elected officials who publicly voiced opposition to vaccine mandates. These investigations into concerned parents are the direct result of and would not have occurred but for your directive to federal law enforcement to target these categories of people. On October 4th, 2021, in response to a request from the National School Boards Association that the federal government use counterterrorism tools, including the Patriot Act, to target parents at school board meetings, you issued a memorandum directing the FBI to address these threats. The press release accompanying your memorandum highlighted the FBI's National Threat Operations Center to serve as a snitch line for tips about parents at school board meetings. By October 20th, the FBI had operationalized your directive. In an FBI-wide email, the FBI's Counterterrorism Division and Criminal Division announced the creation of a new threat tag, EDU Officials, And directed all FBI personnel to apply it to school board related threats. And so that is pretty clear and direct evidence of the FBI's counterterrorism division and criminal division actively targeting parents as Merrick Garland said they would not do. We have learned from brave whistleblowers that the FBI has opened investigations with the EDU officials threat tag in almost every region of the country and relating to all types of educational settings. The information we have received shows how, as a direct result of your directive, federal law enforcement is using counterterrorism resources to investigate protected First Amendment activity. For example, in one investigation begun following your directive, the FBI's redacted field office, that's very likely a location that they have redacted, like it would say, for instance, the FBI's Detroit field office, interviewed a mom for allegedly telling a school board, quote, we are coming for you. The complaint, which came into the FBI through a National Threat Operations Center snitch line, alleged that the mom was a threat because she belonged to a, quote, right wing moms group, end quote, known as Moms for Liberty. And because she is a gun owner, when an FBI agent interviewed the mom, she told the agent that she was upset about the school board's mask mandates and that her statement was a warning that her organization would seek to replace the school board with new members through the electoral process. and of course, that's what she meant. The FBI field office opened an investigation subsequent to your directive into a dad opposed to mask mandates. The complaint came in through the national threat Operations center snitch line and alleged that the dad quote fit the profile of an insurrectionist end quote, because he rails against the government believes all conspiracy theories and has a lot of guns and threatens to use them. This is a citizen snitching on another citizen about that citizen's protected political speech and about that citizen's ownership of guns, their protected Second Amendment activity. When an FBI agent interviewed the complainant, the complainant admitted they had, quote, No specific information or observations of any crime or threats, end quote. But they contacted the FBI after learning the Justice Department had a website to submit tips to the FBI in regards to any concerning behavior directed towards school boards. In another case initiated after your directive, the FBI redacted field office opened an investigation into Republican state elected officials over allegations from a state Democratic Party official, That the Republicans incited violence by expressing public displeasure with school districts vaccine mandates. This complaint also came in to the FBI through the National Threat Operations Center snitch line. The whistleblower information is startling. You have subjected these moms and dads to the opening of an FBI investigation about them the establishment of an FBI case file that includes their political views and the application of a threat tag to their names as a direct result of their exercise of their fundamental constitutional right to speak and advocate for their children. This information is evidence of how the Biden administration is using federal law enforcement, including counterterrorism resources to investigate concerned parents for protected First Amendment activity. Although FBI agents ultimately and rightly Determined that these cases did not implicate federal criminal statutes, the agents still exerted their limited time and resources investigating these complaints. This valuable law enforcement time and resources could have been expended on real and pressing threats. And so once again, we have an obvious example of the officials of the fake administration lying. To Congress and the Senate in sworn testimony, in order to cover up truly nefarious activity aimed directly at their political opponents and perceived political opponents as well, for the purpose of violating their most basic rights as Americans, in service of labeling dissenters, people who are resisting an actual dictatorship in the United States. And let's be clear, that is what this is. This is an illegitimate government that seized power to whatever degree they actually do have power. And now the regime is trying to fortify their very loose grasp on power by the elimination of people who disagree with them. And obviously it's not just the department of justice doing this. We had Mayorkas out there, the secretary of Homeland security. He is overseeing an illegal invasion of the United States while simultaneously supporting a working group within his agency that is tasked to find disinformation and then target those they deem to be spreading disinformation. And it always strikes me how easily we would recognize this for what it is if we heard that this news was coming out of Cuba or the Dominican Republic or Indonesia or Somalia. We would just be like, oh, yeah, everybody knows that those countries are totally corrupt. And they do the same thing about globalist and CIA tied organizations overthrowing governments for the last few decades. We know this stuff happens in Central America and Southeast Asia and Eastern Europe and South America and all over Africa. But we just pretend that none of this could ever happen in the United States. If this was happening in a country that was not the United States, we would all be like, oh, yeah, that is quite obviously an illegitimate authoritarian dictatorship. That is a straight up banana republic. They don't even pretend to have legitimate elections. That is how we would view this from the outside. But it is happening here, and we need to understand that it's happening here and react properly to it. A stolen election in America, an illegitimate American leader is a threat to all of us. It's a threat to the world. And we can see this materializing. You can see the fake administration bringing this country to the brink of a hot war with Russia. And we can say all we want that we haven't actually started a war with Russia. They have no right. They have no reason to attack the U.S. whatsoever. But who would ever believe that? We can all see what the American evil twin in the form of the fake administration is doing in Ukraine vis-a-vis Russia. We are participating in actual acts of war right now against a powerful adversary who, by the way, has formed important alliances with other major countries around the world, Brazil, India, China, that can't just be ignored. The fake administration will clearly do anything possible to maintain that loose grip on power. And we should not see this as something we can simply fix with an election. We need to be cognizant of all this all the time. People have to wake up and understand that getting this illegitimate regime out of power is the number one priority. They are destroying this country on every possible level. And the fact that they are attempting to reroute the Ukraine narrative and try to cover their ass as far as obvious proof of U.S. involvement in the kinetic part of this war we should understand that they actually are bringing us to the brink. And I'm not saying this to freak you out. I say many times I am supremely optimistic about all this stuff. I'm saying this because you need to understand that there is not this hazy gray area in the middle as the Washington Post is trying to create. This regime is what it is. They are doing the things they are doing. They are sharing intelligence with Ukraine targeting intelligence. And now they are trying to walk back their own missteps so they can continue to blame anyone but themselves. Their side is never wrong because they are the good people. We are always wrong because we are the no, no people. That is the idea they're preserving above all else because then they can always blame someone else for the thing they're doing. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic and Joe Biden will never be president.
0: Hold up.